Okay, living a generous life. This is one of the habits of maturity to help us grow into the image of Christ. Poinia, which is a Greek word, means fellowship. It's translated different ways in the New Testament. It's translated as community. It's translated as participation. It's translated as contribution. It's also translated as generosity. So when we talk about fellowship or koinia, it includes generosity. So living a generous life. What we're talking about here tonight in this, in this session is not about money or how much we give. It's about living a generous lifestyle. So it's cultivating a lifestyle that is unselfish and is generous. And that will mean with our finances, of course, but also with our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our time, our energy. Developing a generous lifestyle. So it's not about money, although certainly money is a good application for tonight, you know, obviously. But it also includes a lot of different areas. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'll wait to ask the teacher. <laughs> so, so why be generous? Why be generous? Um, so first of all, it creates Thanksgiving. St. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says, Your generosity not only provides for the needs of God's people, but also produces prayers of thanksgiving to God. Cultivating a lifestyle that is generous causes thanksgiving to rise in the hearts of our brothers and sisters. You know, um, We are partners, if you would, in our giving. We just don't, again, it's not that we just give alone. It's not I reach into my pocket or write out my check or whatever it is. You know, we're partners in our giving. It's meant to produce and encourage in us a spirit of thanksgiving to the Lord for his provision for the needs of his people. Paul was writing to Corinthians um, saying that their giving has caused other Christians to be filled with thanksgiving to see how the Lord has provided for their needs. Your heart, says in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. So if we cultivate a, a generous spirit in our giving, then that's where our, that's where our heart is. Because that's where our treasure is. And in Acts chapter 4, the community of believers shared everything in common. So they learned to cultivate a generous lifestyle. It's one of the signs of the Holy Spirit anointing us and filling us. It's one of the signs of a spirit-filled life. It is a generous lifestyle. It creates, too, community. So in other words, when we give, it draws us together. Whether, again, whether it be financially or with our gifts, abilities, talents, or with our um, time and energy, it draws us together. Okay, number two, it defeats materialism. Jesus said you cannot serve both God and, and money. It's an antidote to it. It's like materialism is like a poisonous stink, uh, snake bite, and the antidote to it is giving generously. Giving is supernatural. It's, it's, um, it's giving beyond our own abilities. It's natural to worry about things such as, you know, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, and all those things. But it's, it's unnatural for us to give away what I have. It's unnatural to do that. So when we give, it's supernatural. So practicing a generous lifestyle is one of the surest ways to help us to walk in the supernatural. And of course, the great benefit of that, it helps defeat the spirit of materialism, which affects all of us. You can be poor, or you can be rich, and you can still have a spirit of materialism. You know? 
So, so giving destroys that. Love the beautiful story uh, Ralph Martin tells. That I think it was some place he went in Africa where he, um, and as he went there, the people had nothing hardly to give him. And um, but you know what they did? They they knew they, he was from America, so they got their their pennies together and they went out and they bought him a bottle of Coke. <laughs> and then they gave it to him. <laughs> and, you know, and of course he, he obviously drank it. But this was this was the fruit of their giving, you know. And and they're, they're, and yet they had nothing. But yet their generous spirit gave him what they thought would be something that would be very meaningful to him, you know. So so there's an example of people who are quote poor with a spirit of generosity permeating their giving. They're living supernaturally at that point. Number three, it strengthens our faith. So it strengthens faith. Your giving proves the reality of your faith, says St. Paul, 2 Corinthians. The word enthusiasm uh, in the Greek means to be filled with God or to be in God. You know? And so when we give, it strengthens faith. It, makes, it creates an enthusiastic spirit about us. Do you ever notice when you give away, it creates joy? We'll take a look at that in a minute. But there's a, it also builds up our trust and faith in God. Paul says again, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will, will also reap generously. And again, he says, God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and plenty left over to give joyfully to others. So when we give, it strengthens our faith in the Lord who provides for the needs of his children. And again, you know, there's no dollar amount sent here. It's just this cultivating a spirit of generosity, spirit of giving. It can be in a lot of different areas of our life. I know people, for example, who open their home up to others. You know, uh, uh, people who love to do that. They, they have students are, are studying in this country, or people that are like ministers that are traveling. They open their homes up to them, and they just that's their giving. You know, and they they just um, that's something that builds up their faith and makes a provision for the person who has has need. You know? But that's a great example of a generous lifestyle. Number four, it's an investment in, etern- in eternity. When we give, then we create a spiritual habit that invests invest, invest in eternity. Luke says this, use your worldly resources to benefit others. This is Jesus speaking. In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. So when we, when we give, cultivate a generous lifestyle, it's an investment in eternity. Let me suggest five things take place. This is, is not on your outlines here, so you can mark if you want to copy them down. First of all, it increases love for Jesus. So when we invest in eternity, it increases love for Jesus. Secondly, it makes me more like Jesus when I give generously. Thirdly, it deepens my faith. It's one of the surest ways to cause an increase of faith, is to give. Fourthly, it causes others to give thanks to God. And fifthly, it's a witness to the world of the generosity of God's heart. So, those five things again. It, when, I, when I give uh, habitually and cultivate that generous lifestyle, it's an in, increases love for Jesus makes me more like Jesus, number two. Number three is it deepens faith. 
Number four, it causes others to thank God. And lastly, it's a witness to the world of God's provision. So, for example, our offering on Sundays, for example, at Mass, our offering is meant to do all those five things there. It's meant to glorify God. The biggest barrier to being able to cultivate a generous lifestyle is fear. It's fear. Fear that the Lord will provide. Fear that the Lord will take care of. Uh, there's this great um, fear, that, again, mostly by the work of materialism in our culture, that if I, if I give, I'll be diminished. I won't have enough. You know? so, but in the Christian life, is just the opposite. As we give, everything is given back to us. You know? We heard in today's Gospel, uh, Luke chapter 11, where it says the Father's heart was to give us the Holy Spirit. That was in Luke's Gospel. Luke, when Luke says that, he means it's the Father's pleasure to give you the whole kingdom. That's what he means by the Holy Spirit, the whole kingdom. So it's the Father's heart to be so outlad, uh, just generous in his giving, but just like um, extravagant in his giving. So as his sons and daughters, we can afford to be like him in that respect. St. Paul says this, tell the rich to use their money to do good, giving happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven, the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. So we, you know, you can't take it with you, the old saying, but you can send it ahead. <laughs> you can send it ahead by giving. That's how we send it ahead. Number five here. Um, it, it blesses me in return. God blesses our faith, not bargaining with him. Faith is giving in advance. This is what Deuteronomy says. Give generously, do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. So as we give, again, then the Lord will bless us in return. Number six, it produces happiness. There is more happiness in giving than in receiving the book of Acts. And I think that's a great one of the great antidotes to people who suffer, you know, of course, from sadness, this uh, depression, is just start giving. Giving of your time, your energy, your gifts, your abilities, your uh, finances, whatever, just start giving. Just give. And because it's designed to produce happiness in us. Now, when we stop and think about it, we were meant to give. Because God, we're made in the image likeness of God. Who is God? God's a giver. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So when we give, we're just acting like our Father in heaven. We were made to do that. We're not, we weren't made to be stingy, to be protective, to be, um, you know, to be self-enclosed. We weren't made for that. Uh, that's why I say fear is one of the greatest barriers to being able to give. We fear being diminished. I won't have enough. But you and I were made to give. We're made to be lavish and extravagant in our giving because our Father in heaven is like that. So. Number seven, it makes me feel like God. <laughs> and the reason for that is because we were made in his image and likeness. So John chapter one, we all live off God's generous bounty, gift after gift. 
So, in other words, God is a giver, so he wants his children to be a giver, because we were made in his image and likeness. First Chronicles says, everything we have has come from you, Lord, and we can only give you what is already, which is yours already. So, when we give, we're just giving back to the Lord, or what he's already given to us. That's why it's sort of like um, an oxymoron, if you would, and even spiritually dangerous to say, to use our, our finances, for example, or our gifts or our talents to, as a bargaining chip. You know, like, I won't, I won't give because I don't like this. You know, um, really, because the reason why that's kind of spiritually dangerous is because um, everything we have already comes from God. <laughs> So, that's why it's not oxymoron. So it's like, you know, gotta be kidding. You know, you can't, I can't use my money to bargain or manipulate because it comes from God. So. And Paul says, you will be glorifying God through your generous gifts, 2 Corinthians. So how can I practice generosity? If you're really eager to give, it's, isn't important how much you're able to give. That's important. God isn't interested in how much as he is interested in the attitude of our giving. Here's a uh, principle from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to break this open a little bit and look at it. Um, Because this, I think, is to me, is a hallmark scripture just filled with wisdom as to be the attitude, how we cultivate an attitude of giving. First of all, you must make up your mind as how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully. Okay, so let's take a look at that then. First of all, um, it says make up your, you must make up your mind means give thoughtfully. And, you know, um, giving is meant to be something that I turn to the Lord about and seek Him for. So I give thoughtfully. I give with an attitude of mind and heart that says, Lord, you know, how much do you want me to give? What what it can be in finances or time or energy or a lot of times we say, I don't have enough time for that. But we really need to seek the Lord and say, Lord, you know, how do you want me to use my time? How do you want me to give in this area here? You know, financially it's the same way, you know. So giving thoughtfully before the Lord, making up your own mind then. Secondly, uh, says, don't give ru- reluctantly. So it means give enthusiastically. Okay. Give enthusiastically. Remember, enthusiasm means fill with God or to be in God. So when we give, whatever that looks like for us, you know, uh, it could be taking time to serve in a particular ministry. It means to do it enthusiastically. So I'm not supposed to do it with a long face, you know, you're lucky you got me, you know, for the weekend. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, not like that at all. I'm supposed to give in, with enthusiasm because we are giving in God. God is enthusiastic. That's his nature. Next is, says here in the scripture, uh, do not give in response to pressure, so um, give voluntarily. So in other words, giving in pressure, what that looks like, is not going to be helpful spiritually nor healthy spiritually in our giving. In other words, we're not to give under pressure. We're to give voluntarily. Why? Because God wants the gift to come from our hearts. He wants to come from the generosity of our spirit. And lastly, give cheerfully. 
So we not only give voluntarily, we give cheerfully, we give joyfully. And one of the reasons why we can give joyfully is because we have a Father in Heaven who provides for His children. Deuteronomy chapter 16 says, Celebrate the harvest festival to honor the Lord by bringing Him a free will offering in proportion to the blessing He has given you. So, uh, the Hebrews were always exhorted to give freely back to the Lord for what, because in response to what he's given them. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, Remember the generosity of Jesus Christ, the Lord of us all. He was rich beyond our telling, yet he became poor for your sake, so that his poverty might make you rich. So when we give, we should remember how generous Jesus was in his giving. And lastly, we are saved because Jesus, out of sheer generosity, Moved to save us. Carl Menninger, great um, psychiatrist of the 20th century, said that, that generosity is one of the essential components of mental health. Generosity is one of the essential components of mental health. It gets really, really important. Understanding that when we to cultivate a generous lifestyle, we maintain um, mental health. And the reason for that is because we were meant to be generous, because we were made in the image and likeness of God. We're just simply, you know, fulfilling that which, in the way we were made. Okay, so one of the, so this is one of the habits of growing into the image and likeness of Christ. One of the habits of maturity is cultivating a generous lifestyle with our finances, with our time, with our gifts, you know, both ex- natural gifts and spiritual gifts. You know, and as we learn to do that, then we uh, cultivate a generous lifestyle, which helps us grow into the image and likeness of Christ. Okay. Any questions, thoughts, reflections on it?